the VCG podcast is sponsored by Forget Me Not Flowers and Gifts in Barrie, Vermont. Forget Me Not Flowers and Gifts is at a new location on Main Street. So check them out if you're looking for flowers or gifts for someone in your life. everyone welcome to the chaotic good cast this is our second episode i want to thank everyone for making episode one such a huge hit uh this is our weekly podcast where i get three of my friends together and we talk about nerd stuff uh joining me is rob collagian from a pond's perspective and the geek of the north jason hunt and I am, of course, Doug Shoot from Victory Condition Gaming. So, gentlemen, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, what we've been up to since episode one. Uh, episode one went over really, really well. And I'm, it's only been on the podcast feed since Friday night, so it released like Saturday morning for most folks, and it shot way up uh for downloads so i'm i'm i want to thank everybody that's that's tuned in and um that uh downloaded the episode i I will tell folks that we do record this episode on the vcg chaotic good discord channel so our discord server i should say so if you'd like to tune in and listen to us live you can every monday night at 9 p.m we can put that recorded in front of a live studio audience thing on the podcast then. We could. We could. Definitely. Definitely. So, gentlemen, what uh, what have you been up to since uh, last Monday? Jason, I'll let you go first. Uh, what am I doing? Um, still playing some ICRPG with my local guys here. Uh, they just released the Magic Supplement uh, in hardcover through, on drive-thru again that you can actually order now. There were some typographical errors they had to fix. Um, let's see, what else have I done? Uh, I've hidden a few kickstarts for my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that's like. I, I have uh, no idea. I dove right back into Red Dead Redemption Two. Um, cannot say enough good things about that game. Uh, that's on PlayStation Four, of course. Um, played a little RimWorld on the PC. Uh, that's a, a good version of Dwarf. Well, well, an upscale version of Dwarf Fortress anybody's ever heard of that game um i got some of the fulfillment stuff from a couple of my kickstarters nice nice um other than that uh that's about it i think yeah between that and work (laughs) now other than uh you know work and and family stuff uh, i did get a chance on thursday to uh to head on over and play some dungeon drop with the phase shift games dudes uh jason and darren very cool yeah so we did. Uh, we played some of that. We tested out a new a new variant, okay. uh, and then I also got to play some some prototypes. One of a game called uh, Druid Dice, and another of a game called Starguard. Both of which were were tons of fun. Nice. Uh, so I get to you know, hang out, and play games. You can't you can't beat that. Very cool. We've got a bunch of bunch of new stuff in the mail, including uh, I finally got. Uh, have you seen the Boulder D twenty from Norse Foundry? No, I haven't is, seen uh, that. It's a giant metal D20. It's a little bit bigger than a golf ball. Okay. Uh, and it weighs about 181 grams. Whoa. And uh, it's just it's, it's a giant hunk of metal. 
It is fantastic. It is the most satisfying thing to roll, but you have to roll it like on a mat or in a tray, or it'll just probably destroy a table. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like, yeah, that's it is. Crazy. It's it's cool though. Uh, and then I've been playing some uh, dance card from uh, Cardboard Console, which is a game that is coming to Kickstarter this summer. Um, and I actually just I almost done editing my my video preview of that one. It's a just a freaking sweet game. Nice, nice. And then of course uh, Detective Pikachu. Yeah, yeah. We pen. went we went and saw that uh, last night, and we'll we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Um, we actually did get a chance to play Dungeon Drop as well, uh, my wife and I. And uh, we have Jason coming to the uh, CGC here in a couple weeks once their uh, Kickstarter's live. So I'm excited to have uh, him on uh, from Face Face Shift Games, uh, so we can all kind of chat about it a little bit and chat a little bit about what Jason does because uh, he does quite a bit and. Uh, he not not only does he do uh, phase shift games, but uh, he also does a lot of uh, gaming with conventions, and uh, I think he does. Uh, what does he do? The um... the Connecticut Festival of Indie Games. Yes, that's exactly what I was looking for. I couldn't uh, think of it off the top of my head. Thank you, Rob. Uh, yep. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm excited to have Jason on here in a couple weeks, or I guess it's a few weeks at this point. But uh, yeah. It, it'll be it'll be interesting to hear all about the, the process of how they came up with Dungeon Drop and everything because from what uh, I've heard it's kind of a neat process that they came up with. Um, but yeah, no, I enjoyed Dungeon Drop quite a bit. I played it with my wife. My wife uh, enjoyed it as well. So uh, I think it's going to do rather well on Kickstarter once once it releases. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, other than that, I really didn't get a whole lot of. St- gaming in again this week my uh my pile of shame here on the table is still the same size as it was last week um it's just staring at me right now and i feel really really guilty that i have not played these games next to me um but i have i have uh i have a feeling that the 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 pile is not going to get any smaller because i have a large package from Steve Jackson games coming to my door tomorrow morning. Um, nice. Yeah, yeah. We've got uh, some fantasy trip coming in, Rob. And I know you're uh, you're a big fantasy trip guy. I uh, yeah, I got that giant box in a while ago, um, and it's just I I've been I really want to dig into it. It's so bad, and I'm just looking for the right opportunity. Uh, it's just there's so much cool stuff in there. Yeah, I'm excited to see what's what's in there, and I saw it. Did phenomenally on Kickstarter, and uh, it's really great when an original designer can get their the game that they you know that they built back underneath their roof. So that's kind of what happened with the fantasy trip. For Steve uh, designed it and published it, and then it stayed with the uh, who did it stay with Rob? Do you remember? Do you remember who who it was with for like years and years, and then up until a few years ago. Uh, Steve was able to get the rights to it back, and they went to Kickstarter. I I, I do not remember. Yeah, I forget uh, off the top of my head. But uh, yeah, it's nice to see uh, the original designer get uh, get his property back. Not that it was like stolen or anything, but just that the, he can have the rights to it back. I will say that I was, love all uh, these. Uh... That was Oops, metagaming sorry. that had that. Meta- yes, yes, excellent. Thank you, thank you, Jason. I knew if Jason would probably know. I do. Uh, I love these 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 big games that can get a footing on on Kickstarter that normally wouldn't get like a re- retail spot. Right. You know, be right. it 
Fantasy Trip or Gloomhaven or Thunderstone Quest or Cthulhu Wars or any of these, you know, anachrony, these giant games. But damn, they just they don't fit on a shelf. <laughs> and I don't no, know where to need, I don't know where to, to put dedicate them. Dedicate a spot for those. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, I, it's crazy. It's it's ridiculous. I, I need to put an addition on my house just for uh, for these games. In fact, I'm looking at um, two games that are just massive. Uh, one is uh, the Nemesis from Awaken from Awaken Realms. That's just a huge box um, with everything. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's a big box. Um, and then I've got the Batman Gotham City Chronicles. Oh man, so jealous. That is just. Uh, it, what was that other huge one that came out that uh, that Alan backed into heavily? Something. Sun. Oh, Invisible Sun. Invisible Sun. Yeah. It's just a gigantic box, and it's mostly props, yeah, and and stuff like that, which is very cool. But it's one of those boxes where you get it and you put it down, and you're just like, wow, a footstool as well. It doubles as a footstool. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just this huge box. I can't remember what the the price point was on it, but it was it was it was many <laughs> hundreds of dollars. I've Same thing with the, um, uh... what did. Uh, Beetle and Grimm, their uh, Matthew Lillard's company for Dungeons and Dragons, they released that Waterdeep Dragon Heist Deluxe version box set where you got like all these authentic handmade props included in the box. If oh, you want the super that's mega deluxe badass. Version. I yeah, really want that. Cool. It, it is very cool, and it is a very cool strike in the wallet as well. <laughs> well I got the, uh, I recently got in, this is what, no, almost, yeah, it was November, the, the complete Fireball Island. Oh, set. I did too, Rob. Um, and, and as anybody who backs Fireball Island knows, the boxes that the game comes in are complete crap. Yeah. Uh, it's like this thin, flimsy cardboard. So uh, I wrote to Broken Token, who does like game inserts and, and wooden stuff. I was like, hey, you know, send me your Fireball Island crate for review. <laughs> and they did. Oh, so nice. I, I, so I put that thing together and I, it fits everything beautifully. It is perfect. It's gigantic. Yeah. Uh, so then I have that just sitting on top of my shelves, this beautiful wooden box for all of my Fireball Island stuff. Um, but man, it, it is amazing. Yeah, I really enjoyed... Uh, fi- fi- we had Fireball Island when we were kids, actually, me and my brother. And uh, so to see that come back and be on Kickstarter and do really well for Restoration Games was, was really fun to see. Um, it's one of those games where I don't know if I'll get it out all the time but it's definitely coming out during thanksgiving or christmas when my brother and my daughter and his daughter when when we're all together as a family like yeah, that's, that's when it's the kind of game out. it is that, yeah, yeah it's, it's, that, an, it's, it's that, that kind of game, game. yeah and the, the cool thing is is no matter how many of the little add-ons you you put into it it doesn't make the game last any longer Oh, nice. Like the end conditions are still the same. You could still have a fairly quick game and have all the expansions in there. Oh, I didn't realize um, that. Yeah, you can play with everything and still play an entire game in like a half an hour. Oh, awesome. Now, you're, you're going to be setting up and, and sorting and storing and all that <laughs> stuff. Um, but I mean, they Three took, hours a, they took a, 30 minutes of play. They took a roll and move game and they made it better is it going to be game of the year no, no but it's it's a lot of fun to play and i'm really hoping eventually they do uh crash canyon which was another one of those you know molded board games uh-huh. and you had little cars 
And so if you end it on a slope, like your car would roll. Um, it was similar, you know, same size board as the old Fireball Island. They were like the two, you know, molded plastic board games. I'm really hoping Restoration does that eventually. I I don't recall that one, to be honest with you. The, the one game that I, had... I do remember playing growing up, and I just... I, I had flashbacks of it when when uh, I saw the Facebook uh, video pop up. I think it was like a month or so ago. But we had the "I Want to Bite Your Finger" um, board game. Had, did you did you guys see this? That was on. It was going around Facebook for a while on some of the uh, board game geek. Uh, uh, I have all not. You, Doug. I've never heard of that. You've never. Oh, it was <laughs> no. this really horrible roll and move. Um, board game but it had this like plastic standy uh dracula and you'd have to put your finger in it and it would bite your finger and i forget what it did like when it when it bit your finger but it would leave like this red had like this red marker insert that was in the mouth so you'd put your finger in it and it would clamp down and it would leave like these two red ink marks on your finger, so you got bit by Dracula. And I forget what happened when you got bit, but it was something ridiculous, I'm sure. Um, but I had forgotten all about that we had that game. I remember playing, uh, you know, Fireball Island. But then I remember the day that the ink in the um, the little bite mark thing that that was in this board game dried out. And it pretty much made the game useless at that point. And we were just putting our finger in his mouth and, you know, clamping down on our fingers for nothing. Uh, but yeah, I, I had totally forgotten that we had got, we had had that game growing up. And then I saw the video on, I'm pretty sure it was like one of the board game groups uh, on Facebook. And I was like, Oh, I forgot that. And it totally brought me back to, to playing that game way back in, in, wow. It must've been like the really early eighties. I'm surprised you you guys will have to Google it and see what it, it see what it looks like because it was pretty ridiculous. When the marker ran out, you should have just put thumbtacks in it. <laughs> that would be horrible. <laughs> draw draw some real blood. Oh man! Well, I think I, I think you know if while my brother and I were playing, it, we probably like pushed it down hard enough that it probably would have drawn. I think I you know. We, we would push it down hard enough that it would actually hurt. Um, and we'd always, like, try to push it down harder than the last person. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, of course, when, you, when you're, you know, it's your, your little brother and you're growing up and you're little kids, you know, you do those stupid things and you, you know, and not that I wouldn't do it now either. But, uh, you know, because, you know, when I play games with my brother, that's kind of what we revert back to. Yeah, you'll have to uh, you'll have to Google it. It was uh, it was really typical typical uh, '80s board game, kids board game that uh, I want to bite your finger. It was ridiculous, ridiculous. Um, so I'm hoping maybe they'll whole, get that uh, maybe they'll get game. that license and 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 redo that game because that would be a lot of fun. That and, and Mall Madness. Mall Madness. Absolutely. They should totally do Mall Madness. Absolutely. Except. Like something crazy, like uh, do it with cryptocurrency or something. I don't know, something like that. That that would be interesting. Yeah, they could upscale it for modern times. Yeah, that wouldn't yeah. be too hard. Yeah, I'm surprised that uh, we haven't seen some sort of resurgence in the uh, 
video. Well, they would be so much easier and cheaper to make than they would have been back then, too. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, back when like stuff a... like uh, when all the electronic games first started coming out, uh, that sort of thing was like basically rocket science. So those board games were super expensive. That's why none of them really did very well because no one could afford to buy them. Sure. Yeah, I'd love to see some sort of. Uh, you wouldn't be able to do it in VHS uh, form, but some sort of resurgence in that type of board game again. Uh, wasn't there like there was like a Star Trek uh, VHS? The Star Trek game. one, yeah, was the best because like Galron would come up on the screen and yell at you with his big old bug eyes, right? He'd right. Be like you, the player who is taking their turn right now, and you freak out. <laughs> I think we, I think I had a clue one also. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that one. I remember. I don't. I don't think we had it, but I remember going over to a friend's house and playing it. But I'm surprised think, we haven't I mean, seen something like that. We're getting stuff. I mean, all these app-assisted games. Right. Right. You know, like uh, what is it? Mansions of Madness and and uh, the new Star Wars one, and then of course Descent has them too. Um, but yeah. it'd be cool if they had more of that, like full motion video type stuff. Yeah, that would be really cool. Augmented reality, they were trying to push that really hard for a little while there, not too long ago, and it kind of never really took off again. There was a card game a lot of people, I had previewed that was going to use it, and it, it didn't do well on, on Kickstarter. Um, you'd place your cards down, and the monster would come up on the card. But, I mean, who wants to play a whole game with their phone, like, in front of their face? Right. And that's the issue. Um, and some of these games, like I remember, do you remember the miniatures game Golem Arcana? I, Rob, I, uh, I, that's what uh, started VCG. I was doing uh, content for uh, Hairbrain Schemes. Really? Yeah, yeah. You have to go way back and see those uh, in the archive. They've, uh, they're not very good videos, but uh, yeah, they would send me uh, preview stuff. I, uh, I loved the game, and my my daughter actually loved the game. But at some point, it was like. I could just play this on the tablet. You sure could. Yep. Like, you know, it was just moving the pieces around to control the board. It, it didn't have much that didn't take place on the iPad. Now I love the game. I thought it was fantastic. The oh, miniatures were great. beautiful, but really like it, it could have been so much more. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it was definitely, I think it was definitely ahead of its time. Oh, it, it, it certainly was. I still have, I have like the box set. I have all three map packs, um, and I may have an extra mini or two. And then our buddy uh, J.C. Hutchins, oh yeah, uh, JC. he was he was making the custom um, tokens mm -hmm. out of poker chips. He he sent me a, a set of those, which I absolutely love. Yeah, yeah, he uh, he was making those quite a bit there for a while. Uh, he was but... he was and he wrote some of the fiction for the game. He too. did, yeah. Actually, I think I have one of his books some of he did did he do an actual book for them yeah he did no, no he was doing the um no he was doing the like they had a a web page where they were releasing like little short stories and that's he did a right. few of those that's right but they did put out like a like a novel or something at one point that was they like, put out something i don't think he was involved in that but yeah 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 I, yeah jc's awesome he's so much fun and i i I said to him the other day, I'm so glad he's back on social media because he's just so much. Oh, yeah. Just, 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 
he's just positive um, pretty much on uh, every every single post is just del- delightful to watch and look at and i am actually uh i am actually a villain in one of his uh short story prequel short stories to his uh seventh son trilogy really i didn't know yes that. so he has in seventh son he has the seven characters uh, so each character had a short story, and uh, one of the characters' names was Jack, and I was the the villain in his short story, whose name was just Collegian. Um, and I was like some Southern Baptist, like fanatic, something or other. It was pretty cool. So you're telling us you're worth some experience there. Ah, yes, I am worth a, a fair amount of experience. <laughs> At least a challenge rating of like a half. No, I, I loved Gala McCann. I actually did a lot of uh, conventions around here in the Northeast for, uh, and I'd set up and, and demo it. And it was amazing. Like pe- folks would play it and they'd be like, wow, this is so cool. Why isn't this more popular? I'm like, I don't know. Because <laughs> it's super expensive. It was, yeah, it wasn't too I mean, you bad. Ha- you had to have a tablet at the time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I I have it, and I even just a few years ago, people didn't have tablets all the time. Yeah, right. And and or phones that were big enough. Right, right. And the fact that they that they didn't have Windows uh, capability, like because everybody was holding out hope that it was going to come out for Windows, and it never did. And it's a shame. Like I don't play it, but I can't bring myself to get rid of it. Yeah. Look at that PlayStation thing they came out with that had the that had the camera. And they had those games, um, the motion sensing games that use the uh, infrared camera. They were supposed to be the future of gaming, and they just flopped everywhere. No one, no one liked using them. Everybody hated having them on. Well, do you remember the the Game Boy, like the original old school Game mm-hmm. Boy, had an attachment, and you would buy packs of cards, and you would scan them in, like you'd swipe them. I do remember yep. that. To play yeah, with the them. The game actually came from Japan. That was a, 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 a borrow from Japan. That was that was like barcode battler. Yeah, it was so awesome. And the cool thing was, is you could take any barcode, really, yeah. and it would All generate you numbers. Your house, cut the barcodes out of every box in your mom's cupboard, and you could play. That's right. And okay. also make your mom angry. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Game of Thrones because that was that seems to be all over social media right now. Uh, people are kind of uh, either loving Game of Thrones or really hating on Game of Thrones. Are you guys up to date on people, uh, some people are salty? What's that? Well, like I said, I I haven't been watching. Oh, you haven't been watching? No. People are okay. very salty this season. Yeah, yeah. It. I don't want to spoil a whole lot for folks in case you haven't seen it, no, but no. It, it seems yeah. like each episode is just one way for them to tie up one particular story arc or one particular yeah. plot line. Yeah. And it's like, okay, That's we're exactly going to deal with this. Okay, it's over. Now we're going to go to a different... Okay, we're going to deal with this. Okay, it's done. now. Um, but yeah, it's... I don't understand the decision to go with only six episodes. Yeah. I understand the difficulty of filming that show because they do so much location filming. And you can really tell the difference. Like if you go watch Endgame and then you go watch Game of Thrones, you can tell that like 90% of their stuff is shot on location. Right. And 90% of Endgame is shot with a giant green screen behind everything. Sure. 
and I, I understand the difficulty of that, but I think they would have been better served if they had gone to like a 10 episode season. Yeah. It just the, feels kind of rushed. Some of the characters are, are seeming very forced to a lot of people. Yeah. And that's, uh, now of course now you've got this whole divide in the community now where it's like, okay, we understand that George gave you all of the plot, sorry, all of the plot points and all of the characters that he wanted to do to live all the characters he wanted to see gone we they understand like everybody's like we understand that you got all this information directly from the author's mouth himself but we're going to guarantee you right now that how you guys are getting from point a to point b is not how it's going to be done in the book so neener on you the book's going to be way better than the movie you know that old <laughs> argument <laughs> yeah. and that's where people are right now well i i think i've, it... I've heard a lot of that you know, these characters that have been kind of, you know, you know, George himself allowed them to, to grow organically and make their choices, which in turn made his work harder. But now they're trying to tie it up in X amount of time. And apparently characters are making decisions that really they wouldn't have made based off of their their past actions. Absolutely. And um, so, I mean, I can understand where people would get yeah. frustrated, but at the same time, yeah, it's got to be real tough to wrap up all of that. Absolutely, absolutely. And and I think it's that and the fact that they waited so long to put these episodes out. And now you've put this expectation out there for, what was it, Jason, like a year and a half? Uh, yeah, it was almost 18 months. That, okay, this is coming. This is going to be the end. And everybody get excited how do you live up to that? Like you, you have to make sure that those well, episodes are just awesome. Otherwise. Yeah. People want what they want. You know, everybody wants the ending that they want. And when they don't get the ending that they want, it's instant outrage. Right. right. That's, that's like uh, a lot of people mention it these days. The lost art of people being able to disagree without being angry at each other is gone. <laughs> well, the internet ruined that. Yeah. Even last night, I was talking to a buddy of, I'm not a buddy, he's not really a buddy, he's just a guy I know on the internet, but um, he was raging on Twitter about <laughs> Game of Thrones, and I was trying to offer a counterpoint, and he just kept coming back to basically the gist of his comments were, no, that's stupid, no, that's stupid, <laughs> that's not right. I'm like, how do you know? <laughs> you don't like what happened, but that's, sometimes that's part of a good book, you know? Like a lot of people in the first series or in the in the first ones, like I'm I'm gonna spoil one thing, Doug, but okay, it's way back from yeah, season one. It. Like a lot of people were shocked when Ned Stark got killed. Right. They were like, Holy cow, you can't kill Sean Bean, and now that's a trope on the internet. Now he dies and everything. <laughs> um but everybody was like, Oh my god. That was the first inkling where he's like and George has even said, Absolutely no one in this series is safe. Not a single soul. Right. Like, I will kill anybody at the drop of a hat if it seems to be fitting in the story. And now people are people are getting knocked off at, towards the end and everybody's like, oh, I'm sad now. <laughs> I think the, I don't know if it's gotten worse over the years or if it's just because the internet has made it easier for a, a minority of people to to make their voices heard. But like fan entitlement is just insane. Yeah. Like yeah. fans who, who they feel they are entitled to something, that they are a part of something, 
because they are yeah. a fan or a super fan. Because, yeah, because they are afforded the uh, the ability to watch it for their twelve or fourteen ninety nine for a ticket or whatever. Right. That they have every right in the world to pass judgment on every little piece of minutia in that entertainment. And it's just like it, the world doesn't work that way, people. Okay, you're sad. Just because you're sad doesn't mean somebody else didn't enjoy it. And for the people who do enjoy it, let them enjoy it. Like, let people get their entertainment from what they enjoy. If you didn't like it, okay, suck it up and move on. I can I pretty know. much guarantee you right now that if you were to go on any any um, nerd or geek or whatever related webpage and come out saying, oh my god, the last episode of the Game of Thrones was the most amazing episode ever. I loved every single moment of it. <laughs> it was amazing, and I look forward to the finale. I can't wait to see how it all ends. You'll have oh my god, you'd be stoned to death. Have, yeah, you'll have ten people who will be like, "Right on!" I thought it was cool too, and then there will be three thousand nine hundred and twelve other people who push their glasses up on their nose and do the whole nerd thing. Well, actually, this isn't how this should have happened because way back in this episode, back in season two, this is what was done, and that's not how this should have happened. And well, it's like the it's like the Last Jedi. Yes. Like I, I went to the movie theaters with my wife and watched The Last Jedi, and I was entertained. Like, was it the greatest movie in the world? No. no. Was it Star Wars? Yes. Did it have lightsabers and spaceships and the Force? Like, yeah, it did. I liked it. I could overlook anything that might have been off or anything that didn't, you know, line up with something else because I enjoyed. The movie. I paid my money. I got what I paid for. I got an entertaining movie. But oh my God, the Star Wars fan base is horrible. Well, they're horrible. I, I, the online Star Wars fan yes. base. Yes. Okay. Let's say that the online. And I think we we touched on that last last yeah. episode. Yeah. I, I think the, you know, uh, I think the community in general is is really great. But I think there are a lot of folks online that that kind of spoil it for everybody else. But yeah, but we I did mean, talk I about know, that a little bit last episode. I know plenty of people my age who will. A new cartoon comes out. Let's let's take uh, the Legend of Korra for mm-hmm. example. Follow up to Avatar: The Last Airbender, which was a great show. People my age, no kids, bashing the show about how it didn't live up to their expectations. It's like, dude, the show is not for you. Like, it's for kids. And did I enjoy it? Yeah, because I had a blast watching it with my kids. Yeah. You know, I love watching the new She-Ra or the new Voltron or any of the 8,000 Transformers cartoons that come out. And I know all these older men and women who complain. They have no kids. And they're complaining about how it, it didn't satisfy them. And it's like, okay, well, you're not the target audience. You're not the target audience. My kids, they're the target audience. And yes, I like it. And 80% of my enjoyment of these things comes out of my kids' enjoyment. Like seeing them laugh and smile and be super excited to watch the next episode. And, you know, sometimes you catch a real winner that I really do solidly enjoy on my own. But, you know, you got to realize what audience these are, are made for. Absolutely. And speaking of that, uh, let's let's that kind of ties into the movie that we mentioned earlier in this session, uh, Detective Pikachu. That's you get right. to see that with your kids, right, Rob? We we took the whole family yesterday to one of those theaters with the the comfy recliners and heated seats, and uh, nice. we we watched Detective Pikachu. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I took uh, uh, my wife and my daughter and one of my daughter's friends, and we went and saw it last night. Um, what? We we will try to keep pretty spoiler free, uh, Rob. Yep. But uh, uh, what what did you think overall of the movie? I loved it. Okay. And I loved it. I loved it on multiple levels. Uh, my wife and I were big into Pokemon back when we started dating. Like you know, I remember when Red and Blue came out in the United States. I remember getting a a brand new Game Boy Color because my original Game Boy screen was finally starting to die. I remember trading Pokemon with a link cable. I remember going from store to store to store to try to find cards for the the trading card game because they were almost impossible to get and stores were limiting how much you could buy. So we would hop stores and just buy whatever the max was and take them home and and open them with her brother and sister and trade cards and I mean we grew up and I can't say grow up because we were we were teenagers at this point. Uh you know uh, but playing Pokemon. And I think uh, I thought Detective Pikachu did a very good job of of catering to to older fans and, and newer fans. And it, it was different enough that it wasn't, you know, like one of the animated movies. Uh, they they did something different, and I think it paid off. Yeah, I, I think for what it was, I, my, my wife and I, we were sitting there, and, and uh, my daughter and her friend were sitting in the row in front of us, and my my wife looks over at me. She says, "You know, I I wouldn't be going to this movie if we had if Sydney weren't weren't gonna go to this." I'm like, "Yeah, I know, but you know, we're just gonna take it in and and, and see what it's like." And uh, I I don't have a really in depth like knowledge of Pokemon. I was kind of I wasn't a teenager when it when it uh, released and when it kind of hit here in the states. I was a little bit older. Um, so I didn't really get caught up in the whole Pokemon craze when it, when it came over here. Um, but I do know, you know, some, some about, uh, Pokemon. So it was kind of neat to watch the movie and kind of see these characters that you only see in like two dimension in three dimension. I thought that was really well done. And, uh, I think it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really that was really cool. Um, it's definitely not a story for like, I mean, if you're going it's, it's to look for, for one thing. what's that? I mean, it was a very predictable story yeah, for, oh yeah, for someone of, of our age. Like, um, I mean, I, it just, it wasn't great. It wasn't like a great movie, but it was a great family movie for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and, and if you love Pokemon or if your kids love Pokemon, uh, it's definitely uh, it's definitely worth going to see. Visually, it was really really good. Um, there, like you said, some of the plot lines were kind of predictable, um, but you know, overall, I had a good time at the theater. And and I'm not gonna say it was a horrible movie or anything, but uh, would I go back and see it again in the theater? Probably not. But uh, no, no, I would not. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's not like Avengers Endgame, which was still number one in the box office this weekend, just barely uh, nudged out uh, uh, Detective Pikachu. Uh, so, uh, and I I will say, and although it's not saying much, yeah. That I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and say Detective Pikachu is probably the best video game movie that has been released. Wow, I'm trying to think of an I'm trying to think of another one. That's a bold statement. Yeah, Kyle. that is a 
that is a bold statement. But then you got to think, like, what video? I mean, there was the Street Fighter movie, which was terrible. Oh, there was the good. Super Mario Brothers movie. I was which just going to say that, Rob. Like, it was gloriously bad. Oh, like, right it? now, like, I would totally watch it again because it's so bad. I have a copy um, of it, and we actually sat and made my daughter watch it one one day uh, because oh she God. really loves Mar- she loves playing Mario Kart and everything. I'm like, you know, there's a Super Mario Brothers movie. She's like, there is. I'm like, oh yeah, let's watch it. She's like, why did you make me watch that? <laughs> hey, but if there's one thing we did get from the Mario Brothers movie is that we do know that their names are Mario Mario and Luigi Mario. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, I think the only movie that that kind of came close that it still wasn't a great movie by any means, but it was it was entertaining and watchable at least once was the first Mortal Kombat movie. Oh yeah, the second one stunk, and was was there actually a third? Uh, I don't I think remember. There was a third that went straight to video. But like video game movies are are terrible. Yeah, but Detective Pikachu was a like I said not a great movie but it was a good it was a good movie yeah. like it stood on its own and it took a, a video game franchise and successfully made it to the big screen absolutely and Ryan Ryan Reynolds was not super obnoxious no no he was and actually really good the uh, the bulbasaurs in the movie were like the most hella cute thing on the planet absolutely absolutely uh, and it was just it was super fun we we did not unfortunately get the uh, the free promo trading cards, oh. though. Uh, the movie theater ran out like first night, and I, I was kind of bummed. I did not know that they were doing that. I mean, it makes sense yeah. that they would because you know you've got a Pokemon audience. You might as well try to get more Pokemon players at the same time. Oh, of course, because yeah. the world doesn't have enough Pokemon players. Well. You never have enough Pokemon players. <laughs> Oh, I remember man. even when they came out with Pokemon uh, Go, the the smartphone game. Um, even in my little town, there was solidly a good two hundred people playing that on the day that it launched in Canada. Uh, you could tell because it was one of those things where very quickly word got around on social media where to go to find the cool Pokemon. Oh and yeah! Originally, early on, they had put out the. Uh, the game, the people who did design the game had the uh, the way the geosyncing was working up. It would put you in public places to find the cool Pokemon. So, like, I remember what if we had um, uh, a church here, a little church on one corner of uh, downtown, and there was a rare Pokemon right outside that church. And there was, like, 30 kids all standing there staring at their phones. And the people were, like, calling the cops and stuff, saying, like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Like nothing came of it because they found out very quickly that they were just playing Pokemon. But <laughs> I remember one of the one of the guys I knew that was out there doing it was like, "Yeah, the cops drove by a couple times and were asking what we were doing." And... That's funny. That's funny. It's kind of kind of a neat phenomenon. Yeah, and it's inspired a whole lot of uh, other games that uh, are, are similar. Like, there's a Walking Dead. Uh, there's a Walking Dead game that's similar to that. Yeah. Um, yep. There's a Harry Potter yeah, one. There was there's one for. Harry- yeah, there's a Harry Potter one. There's one for Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really kind of neat. Um, and and not only that, but Jason, we have uh, we have Pokemon in our Discord server. I don't know if you were aware of this yet. Uh, I might be aware of that. <laughs> I was playing it while you guys were talking about the Pokemon movie because I haven't seen it. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I I, uh, I saw this 
this Discord server bot, and I said, oh, well, I'll throw Pokemon in there. Why not? I'll just see what uh, see what happens. And and sure enough, I'd poke in all all day long onto the server, and and uh, I'd see there was action going on in that in that channel. And <laughs> I finally got to see it tonight, and it's just Jason playing all day long it's just a wall (laughs) of me playing yeah Yeah. i evolved my cyndaquil into a quilava wow nice i don't i don't know what that is jason i have no idea what that really means either to be honest (laughs) i like playing pokemon but i just mostly i do (laughs) (laughs) yeah i am a i am a pokemon fan are you? I always have been, and and sharing that with my kids ha- as they've grown up has been has been awesome. That's cool. That's cool. Do you guys yeah, we play the uh, game store in town? Actually, there was a there was a, a kind of a almost like a handing over of the of the baton kind of thing when Pokemon started to outstrip Magic the Gathering as the most popular card game in town because. You know, we would come in and we'd all be like, oh, we're, we're the elite crowd. We're playing Magic the Gathering. Mwahaha. And then a little kid would come in and basically sit there and stare at the cards for Pokemon for five minutes until their parents finally gave in and was like, for the love of God, how much does that cost? I'll just buy it and leave. <laughs> and <laughs> they sold like easily. The When I talked to the owner, he was selling easily 300% more pokemon than he was magic and he was making like a solid thousand dollars a week off magic wow there there was a time that that stores could not keep the cards in stock yeah yeah this was several years ago that that was the last time that i've i've took because my local game store actually closed down a few years back but um it was astonishing to see like he would get in the a box of like 20 booster boxes or whatever and I'd be looking at them going, wow, you got a lot of Pokemon cards. And he's like, are you kidding me? This is just box one of 10. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? And he's like, yeah, man, I sell these things way more than you guys, than I sell the magic cards to you guys. That's crazy. That's, that's And awesome. my kids still, they still play the card game. Do they? Do they? Like, they, they do. We, uh, you know, we, we get a lot of the new releases for review. Uh, we haven't gotten one in a while. Uh, but I mean, they have so many cards. It's not even funny because the Pokemon company would send like a booster box for review. So you're getting tons and tons of cards. Um, so yeah, my, my, I mean, they play magic. They play, uh, we played a little bit of Yu-Gi-Oh. They play Pokemon, uh, but, but Pokemon and magic are the two biggies in our house right now. Oh, and I'm sorry. And the transformers CCG. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. I'm excited for that next set. Uh, uh, Transformers was it Siege of Cybertron? Is that what is that what it's called? Or C- Transformers so. Siege just, or something? I just I love what they're doing with that game, and I love the how it lends itself to to new mechanics, yeah. new and interesting mechanics. Um, it's a lot of fun, and uh, it, what's really cool is that because Hasbro owns Transformers and 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 Wizards of the Coast, um, they have all of this this lore to pull from. Um, and they can make their own new art, you know, if they want, without having to ask for permission. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we're getting so much, so much cool stuff. I am super pumped, and I hope this is a game that sticks around for a while. Yeah, I hope so too. I, I'm really hoping um, this this next set has uh, they have like one little like little mini card in every pack that's coming on the next. Yeah, it's like the, the, the mini cons, like the mini cons, or like uh, um, there's like. Uh, Target Master, although I don't think they're called Target Masters now. I think they're called something else. But uh, 
but yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited to see what they did because this last, the second set was combiners, and you could combine yep. uh, the cards together and they transform all into into one of the big like devastators or predaking or um, they had a couple yep. other combiners that weren't all that familiar though uh, there was one well so they had uh, Volcanus which is the Dinobots right right they, they had I forget his name it's like Ultra Supreme or something it's basically Optimus Prime Prowl Ratchet like they all combine yeah um, there was uh, Menasaur which is the Stunticons there was I think they had Bruticus uh, so they have a bunch of a bunch of combiners. Uh, I don't know if they had the female combiner. I forgot what her name was. Uh, Vic, uh, Vic Victorian. Victorian. Yep. Yeah, I don't know if they had her. Uh, so I have I've got the Devastator pack. So it came with Devastator, and I have all the cards for Menasaur. Nice. Um, but I have a few combiners that I'm I'm missing like one or two cards for. And I liked how they did the combiners where they they you just fold the cards in half. Right, that's yeah. the way it would work, and and you'd have you'd have uh, the robot on one side, their the, uh, vehicle form on another, and then you'd open it up, and it would be like a part of the combiner. Yeah, and you had combiners that were either five cards or six cards. Yeah, um, yeah, which is really cool. And of course, the first set of Transformers, while it had everything normal, the theme deck had Metroplex, who was the city that transforms into a, a robot, but he was a gigantic card. And then he had like cards that would come off of him as separate things. So while one player would play with like several transformers, the other, you know, this player would have the gigantic Metroplex card. And that was really cool. Or Rob, if you were lucky, you got to subscribe to Loot Crate for a month and you get the Omega Supreme card that was exclusive in oh. that box. There's a few cards that I absolutely want that are just untouchable price-wise, like Omega Supreme. Uh, and then they had, I think it was a Gen Con pack. Yep. And one of the packs came with Slipstream. Yep. Who was the, yep. uh, basically she came in and Transformers animated as like a female clone of Starscream, but then became her own character. And she's one of my favorite Transformers and I'll never own that card. How much is it? I, I, I was lucky enough to Last time I checked, she was, uh, she was 175 bucks the last time I checked. What? Yeah, that's crazy. That is crazy, but man, I would have. That's like one card I would have loved to have. Yeah, it was uh, Cliff Jumper and uh, Slipstream was in that uh, pack. I got it right over here on my shelf. Oh, I hate you. I also have the. Uh, I also have the Ultra, the Omega Supreme. Oh, I hate you. Because you Omega Supreme. Uh... Yeah, I, well, I know. Well, Omega Supreme was like the one Transformer I always wanted, like growing up. Like when I was when I was younger, like I dreamed that I would get Omega Supreme for Christmas, and I never yeah. got him. It was Omega those... Supreme was the Holy Grail. Yeah, that was like he was so awesome, and so like I kind of have this affinity for uh, for Omega Supreme in general. And uh, when I saw that it was going to be a Loot Crate exclusive. I'm like, oh, I got to sign up. I don't care what, you know, charge me the 25 bucks. If It doesn't matter what else is in that, that box. As long as I can get that Omega Supreme card, uh, I'm doing it. And, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm glad that I did. My, uh, my cousin had both Metroplex and Omega Supreme growing up. Oh. Uh, I remember I was so jealous. But once the movie came out, all I wanted was Unicron. And it took forever for them to make a Unicron mm -hmm. toy. Uh, and actually, when I was in uh, Columbus 
the other month for my kids were two of my kids were in national choir. There was an old toy store that sold like nothing from, from after the eighties and they had all the Dinobots, they had Unicron, but these things were all like $200 and above. And it's like, there's no way I can justify spending this on a, on a toy. <laughs> but so, he was sitting there like in the window of the store in all of his awesome glory. I, I may or may not have one of those on display upstairs. Oh man. I'm going to come to your house and just steal everything. I, I, when like back when I was doing another, I was in a different profession and I went back and bought all the toys that I wanted as a kid. So I have like a G1 Omega Supreme that I never was, that I never had when I was a kid. Um, this was like years ago. I'm trying to think. This was probably about, let's see. Yeah, almost 20 years ago now. Um, I went back and I bought all the, all the Transformers that I wanted that uh, I never got as a kid. Um, so I have uh, Omega Supreme up there. Uh, I have a Fortress Maximus. Which, oh, wow. Which at the time was only like, I mean, it was a lot of money at the time. It was like two or 300 bucks. But now it's even worth like more than that. Um, just because, Damn. you know, it, it seems like a lot of folks that were my age went back and, and started collecting this stuff. <laughs> Bought it. Yeah. What kills me is they have, like Hasbro's been re-releasing some of the G1 Transformers yeah. in like the old packaging. But like... I went to Walmart the other day and they had Optimus Prime and it's just the cab, not yeah, the trailer. What's up, what's up with that? But it, it's $50. That's ridiculous. Like, I'm not paying $50 for that. If it was 20 okay, I'll, I'll buy it even though it's just the cab. Hot Rod was the same thing. They had Hot Rod. He was 50 bucks. Yeah. And like right above them are all the brand new Transformers, which are like double the size. You know, they're like $12, $13. So yeah, it's it's the size, ridiculous. better articulated, better molded, it, and and the re the re released ones. It's not like they're the die cast metal. No, no, it's they're all, all plastic. plastic. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, it's all they're all plastic now. Yeah. Although I will say that uh, I was at I was at our local Walmart. Uh, let's see, Saturday, and they had some of those re releases, but they had the smaller the minicons. Uh, not the minicons, minicons, but the mini uh, transformers like uh, Bumblebee and Gears and um, Hubcap and who else was there? But because my first transformer that I ever received growing up was a red Bumblebee transformer, and I've always wanted to go back and buy one like in mint condition and just like put it on display, you know, keep it in its. And even if it were to reissue, I would be okay with that because going back and buying like a, an original one still in package is be a lot more money than I want to dish out at this point in my life. But I actually don't like the collection market these days because things are absurdly expensive now. Yeah, yeah they it, really are. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, but they reissued Bumblebee in that original, you know, the original toy. But they changed his head. Like, the original, like, 80s Bumblebee head had that mask, and it kind of looks yeah. like, it kind of looks like the, um, uh, the Bumblebee, like, in the Bumblebee movie that just came out, where he has, like, the mask that comes down over his face when he's, like, in battle. Like, that's what the toy looked like. It didn't look like the, the, um, the G1 cartoon Bumblebee. It looked 
different. Oh, and they released so I, the G1 body with a new head. <laughs> yeah, so it's like the old the old toy, but with like a new head that looks like kind of like the, the G1 cartoon. And I was just like, oh, man, I, I was kind of disappointed because I would have uh, picked up one of those just to, to put on my shelf uh, just to just to have on display but yeah if anybody hasn't uh realized i'm a big transformers nerd i, I love transformers and and uh well, I, I we can don't talk have transformers. a transformers minigame on the server what's that that's right we don't have a transformers minigame on the server i don't know if there is there one you're, you're in a lot more uh transform you're in a lot more discord servers than i am jason is there such a thing I i'll have, have to look seen one no <laughs> i'll have to uh, i'll have to look and see if there is one um, but yeah, I, 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 G1 Transformers is like my jam. I, I can, I, I love reading the comics that uh, IDW puts out. Um, I love, I even like going back and watching the old cartoons, even though they're not quite as, some of them aren't, uh, very good. At they don't all. hold up very well. <laughs> no, no. Very well. But, no. but the movie still holds up. The movie is great. And I still like watching uh, Five Faces of Darkness. Uh, Rebirth is still really good. Some of the early season one episodes aren't too bad. Um, but yeah, there's a couple a couple episodes. That, well, there's more than a couple that just aren't very good at all. Um, but, you know, th- they are they are what they were. I mean, they, they are what they were. They, they were pretty much 20 minute commercials more than anything else. Yes. Uh, oh yeah. Than anything, that, you know. The entire exist reason for the existence of those cartoons was to sell toys. There was exactly absolutely. This, the fact that they were able to tack a storyline together throughout all of those episodes was a testament to people who were writing it, who were enjoying it because yeah. otherwise it's just, Oh, Hey, for Christmas this year, um, jet is coming out. Oh, well, <laughs> Guess who's the next guest star? <laughs> what kind of happened with the uh, the He-Man cartoon is that, you know, you watch the, the early early episodes and they are commercial. And then, like, it, it changed a bit and the writing got a little bit smarter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it went off the air. Yep. <laughs> because it stopped selling uh, mini. Stopped selling toys. Of, Which... The reason why He-Man, I think, really did, didn't last is because... G.I. Joe was hot on its heels and they were coming out in smaller packaging, requiring less materials to make, um, having far more accessories and far more community engagement with the kids. And they kept innovating on the models because like they had the Kung Fu grip and then they had the, the, the rubber mask stuff going on and, the, and there were swappable parts and all of that kind of stuff. Well, and then you could take, you could take any real military vehicle Right. Slap some yeah. extra rocket launchers on it and say, yeah. "Hey, this is a." <laughs> I I remember my I was begging my parents. It was like a troop transport, and all it was was like a truck that had those little, you know, the U-shaped clips that you could fit like twenty GI Joes in it, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. all it was. But I wanted it. Yep. You know, it was just all these crazy little things. When I was growing up, that was my entire wish list. Was like. Everything in the G.I. Joe section. Just pick whatever you want to get me. I will take any of it. That Didn't was... care if I had doubles, triples of the, of the characters. Oh, well, because like with G.I. Joe's too, it was just a bunch of little... soldiers. You know, you had two or three of one guy. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And I was a military brat growing up, so it was perfect for me. Like, yeah, Everybody was just like, oh, he's got G.I. Joe's. That's cool. I was, uh, well, see, growing up, though, I was I was big, you know, Transformers, He-Man, Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joe. 
Yep. It was a majority of my toys. And Voltron, but there wasn't a lot of Voltron toys. You had like the lions. If you were lucky, you had one of the castle, like the castle. Um, I will say that's one collectible I do have is I do have the Lego Voltron. Oh, I saw that. I am so jealous of that. That that was awesome. I have a buddy who works at Lego. So no matter what, he gets 50% off. But then if it's a ding and dent item, it's 75% off. And he got me Lego Voltron ding and dent. I paid 45 bucks for it. Now, did your buddy like drop it on the floor and be like, oh, no, this is. Oh, no. (laughs) No. No, It's it's crazy. So he's he's a graphic designer over there. And um, they have a store in their building that's just for employees. No kidding. Oh so like they can't go. They just they go in and they can buy whatever they want, fifty percent off. And if the box is dinged up, they get seventy five percent off. And so yeah, that's how I got Voltron. That's amazing. <laughs> that's and of course, bad. you know the inside is fine. The box just has a a dent in the corner. Right. Oh, that's that's wicked awesome. Um, have you guys, uh, speaking of Legos and, and Transformers and, and all these other toy properties, have you guys watched the uh, Netflix series, The Toys That Made Us? Have you guys I started that? to. I I've watched the first episode, that, yeah. the Star Wars episode. I I love watching those episodes. Like, I thoroughly enjoy okay, like hearing about down all of this. What's that? It's a huge walk down memory lane. Oh, it's huge. And like even the even the toys that I am not all that familiar with, like I sat and thoroughly enjoyed the Hello Kitty the Hello Kitty episode. Like that was just like even though it's not like a property I'm into or anything, but it was just kind of neat to learn about it and like learn about the company and learn about like I just think those episodes are really really well done. And uh, whether, you know, it's a toy that, that uh, you're attached to or not, all the episodes seem to be really enjoyable. At least they are for me. I just thought, like I said, I only watched the Star Wars episode, but it was in, it was insane. Like the contract negotiations mm-hmm. yeah, and like how much say. stuff they just, they just made up so they could push out new toys. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, exactly. <laughs> and you just, it was, I was enthralled by it. And I, I want to watch more episodes. Uh, it's not something that I would sit down and watch with, with Beatrice, though. Uh, but, like, they were on vacation or something, and I was, like, super bored. I'm like, oh, let me watch this. And it was just it, – it blew me away, just all that behind-the-scenes stuff. And just seeing, like, the office space they worked in mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Yeah, and was... like, how much they were – like, they had toys ready before the contract was signed and all this other stuff. Yeah, there was a lot of Hail Mary-type stuff back then where it was like, okay – We've got all of this stuff done and ready to go. Somebody's got to sign something. <laughs> yeah. Or we're screwed. <laughs> and I love I love how like they'll they'll talk about how they go to one of these big, you know, like Hasbro or one of the big co- companies and uh, they get turned away. Like and and like Hasbro think doesn't think it's worth their time to to to, to carry the particular, you know, toy line and then it goes on and just makes you know, a crazy amount of money. And there, a lot of times they'll interview the folks that were in charge of the competing uh, toy companies that, that didn't, you know, sign them or, or didn't give the grant the license or whatever. And they were like, yeah, we, I, that's, we're, st- we still can't believe that we didn't do yeah. that. 
Sometimes it comes down to a pitch, though. You know, a yeah. guy in a conference room says the wrong thing or runs into the wrong people, and you know, guy's having a bad day or whatever, and he's just not interested in buying something that day. And suddenly, like six months later, like you said, they're watching something else explode on the market, and you're like, "Didn't we have that guy here? Mm. Were we talking to this guy?" Rob, you'll really enjoy the Transformers one. Like, I love that one. That one was just awesome to learn. Like, I learned. I know a lot of Transformers information anyway. But to learn even more was just, it was amazing. Like, a lot of the behind-the-scenes the stuff for the whole Transformers toy line was so much fun to hear about. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to finish those up. Yeah, you definitely, definitely should. So, let's, uh, let's go to our newest segment of the show, and we'll kind of close it out real quick. Let's talk about... Uh, what are you backing? This is what we're going to be calling this segment that we talk about the Kickstarters that maybe we're interested in or we got an eye on or maybe we've we've kind of uh, contributed to uh, with uh, some funds. Do we want to go over uh, some of those that we've ca- that have caught our eye on Kickstarter at the moment? Jason, uh, we'll start with you. What what are you backing right now on Kickstarter? Currently, um, I'm backing uh, the fifth edition re-release of Traveler. Nice. Um, thanks a lot to Alan Barr for putting me on the track thanks, of that one. Jeez, he is a big fan of spending my money. Apparently, <laughs> don't ever go Traveler to Traveler was one of the first one. games I ever really got into. So, yeah, oh, I remember really? you telling me the stories about that. Yeah, it was it was Traveler was the first fatality game that I ever really got into, where you could literally die in character creation. <laughs> really. <laughs> Yeah, there was there was some aspects of the character creation process that would be like, oh, your character has died. <laughs> wow. Um, that I'm backing because um, I don't own a current edition of it, actually. I'm, I, I had the old, old, old version way back in the day. Um, right now, other than that, I'm backing the Cthulhu Alphabet. That's, uh, that's coming out from... Um, who's releasing that? Shoot. That Goodman Games, yes, Goodman Games is doing that one. Okay. Um, it's basically just a, it's basically just a, um, a, uh, a story prompt kind of thing. Like go through the whole alphabet and have Cthulhu themed things related to each letter. Of the it's just uh, so you can insert it into any game system. It's going to be system agnostic, so that'll be handy for me. That's the only two things that I'm backing currently. Um, fulfillment. Um, do you have a, do you have Let's quite see, a backlog? We, we don't have to go, uh, you know, all night. Oh, if, not if, a not if, a huge yeah. one. No. Um, most recent fulfillments I've got is Creeping Cold, uh, and Infinity's Edge, the lit RPG one. Yeah. Uh, and yep. Blackest of Deaths, um, the new uh, the new old school games. revival one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that uh, that just closed uh, last week. Yeah. That yeah just closed out. Where's my stuff, Eric? <laughs> I want my stuff now, Eric. <laughs> wow, that uh, Kickstarter backer mentality kicking in right on. Right away. <laughs> Yikes. It funded? Where is it? I'm checking yeah. my mailbox right now. Eric does do a good job of uh, fulfilling his Kickstarter. So we'll, he's just we, a nice a guy. Yeah, he's just a good guy. He's, he's an absurdly guy. nice human being. Absolutely. I'm not saying that just to get stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but give him stuff anyway. <laughs> but if it gets me stuff, I'm taking stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Rob, uh, what, what, are you, uh, what do you got your eye on on Kickstarter right now? So, I mean, I back a bunch of stuff at the $1 level yep, just for, like, exposure. Sure. But I think, the, I think the only thing I'm, I'm backing, like, at a real pledge is that uh, re-roll app 
for customizing your D&D character in pixel art. Oh, so it's I like a I've heard this. Yeah, you can like make your D&D character in pixel art using all sorts of different options and stuff. Um I did just finish a pledge for uh for the dungeon. Okay. Which is yep. a an RPG where you're playing like the minions. Right, right. Villains. Uh and then before that was uh Bloom from from Yanaguana Games. Oh nice. Uh, those are like my my previous ones. I'm waiting for a whole bunch of games. Yeah, yeah, same uh, But the game I'm I'm looking most forward to getting is I was all in on uh, Tidal Blades. Oh yeah, and yeah. From I, uh, oh my god, yeah. From what uh, Druid City and Skybound. Yeah. Uh, I am, I am so stoked for that one. Nice, nice. Yeah, it looks looks really good. Uh, it did really really well on Kickstarter and and uh, it sounds like it's like a world that they want to. Uh, kind of build on top of if i'm not mistaken rob uh, they, yeah it got looks other like uh, for it as well so this is part one part two is going to be a dungeon crawler but apparently i think they're also working on a tidal blades rpg oh nice yeah that's very cool yeah um i get ready because this is going to be a long list for uh kickstarters because <laughs> i have a problem okay so uh, by the time this posts, this is this will be over. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention it anyway. Uh, I'm backing Odyssey of the Dragon Lords, the fifth edition adventure book. Um, this was written by uh, the designer, the lead designer of Baldur's Gate one and two, and and Knights of the Old Republic. Um, it's their first Kickstarter. It's by Arcanum Worlds, and I'm trying to remember who the designer is. That, but this book looks really cool. Um, it's like fantasy meets Greek mythology, and yeah, it looks really epic. And I'm trying to find the designer's name now, and I should do a better job of putting my notes together, but I don't have it. Um, but yeah, yeah Modif- Modifius is uh, is publishing it. And uh, it looks really cool. I'm not really a big fifth edition um, campaign book backer most of the time, but uh, this looks different, and the art looks amazing. And yeah, I'll 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 back it just to just to even just to read it because it looks looks phenomenal. That's what I do with most of mine, actually. I just read them. Yeah, yeah. It kind of gives me ideas for uh, other RPG sessions sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Now the the next one that uh, will be live when this uh, podcast airs is uh, First Kings. Uh, this is an RPG that was also uh, it, it was it's based in uh, like uh, was the the formation of like the, the descendants of the first king of Rome, and it's by Epic Party Games. Um, you kind of play as werewolves with divine powers. And it's got this really cool RPG system that uses numerology. It uses like the lunar phases. It uses the zodiac signs. Uh, it's got all these different things that uh, you don't really think of when you're thinking of an RPG. But uh, yeah, the the uh, this is their second project. They they put out Shatter Tower last year, and uh, that's still in the works. It's it's on its way out to backers at some point this year, probably like around September, I'm thinking, um, based on what what they've kind of put out for updates. But uh, yeah, I think 
it's kind of neat. And I'll, you know, you always like to see new people put out uh, different types of RPGs, and I think the settings different enough that uh, yeah, I'll give it a shot and see what uh, see what it's all about. And I I, I don't know uh, if you've taken a look at the campaign, but uh, there is a familiar familiar name on the stretch goals um, by the name of Doug Shoot. What? Yeah, yeah. No, I I'm. I think I'm stretch goal number two. Uh, I get to write like uh, a setting underneath one of the uh, first kings of Rome. Uh, in their the little their, their stretch goals are these uh, setting uh, chapters for uh, that 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 they're going to put out in separate f- from the core book. And uh, yeah, they asked me to write uh, you know a little uh, uh, couple couple page chapter for for one of the one of the first kings so that's cool yeah we'll see if it hits um it's trailing a little bit it should fun but i don't know if it'll hit any of the stretch goals but uh the uh the one thing about epic party is that they they've got some they got a really good artist behind their games which is really cool um the next thing up is a town called malice which is from monkey fun studios um that is put out by um by Dave, oh, Kizia, I think that's how you pronounce. Sorry, Dave, if I mispronounce your name. Um, but Dave's super fun. I ha- I interviewed him on the show, um, and we it devolved into talking about Las Vegas. Um, I guess there's a Kiss mini golf course in Las Vegas, so we had to talk about that. We also had to talk about Elvis impersonators. It just, yeah, it totally went off the rails but uh, that's dave and dave's a lot of fun but this is uh this is a uh an rpg that if you like um twin peaks or i'm trying to think what the there was a uk show that was um really popular oh, um bridge bridgeport bridgeport um, yeah that's the that's the, Broad, the show i'm looking Church, for Broadchurch. Broadchurch. yes Broadchurch. yeah um, if you like those type of shows, this is this is a uh, an RPG that's set in that type of uh, th- that type of uh, setting. And usually, Monkey Fun Studios is known for Powered by the Apocalypse games. This is actually used the Story Pillar system, which is a system that I'm not all that familiar with. Um, but it, it looks really cool and really story driven, which is which is awesome. The next after that is Afterlife Wandering Souls by Angry Hamster Publishing. Uh, that is put out by Liz Chia Pratical and uh, over at Angry Hamster. And yeah, you play as a soul that's lost in between, you know, uh, heaven and, you know, you're kind of on this plane of existence trying to figure out, uh, you know, what you need to remember to get you to the next phase of afterlife. And uh, she actually came on the show and, and played, she GM'd a session for us and it was really kind of creepy and, and a lot of fun. Um, so uh, I hope that's, that's hit funding and, and it's going towards stretch goals. And it's, uh, it's always nice to see Liz have success on Kickstarter. Excuse me. Cause uh, she's, she's doing some really cool stuff. Liz has worked on a ton of, uh, rpg ips um ever since i got involved with you guys i keep seeing the same core group of about 15 20 names pop up on almost every kickstarter that i see now 
is crazy. Yeah, yeah. She's she's just uh, she's she does she's I think she's done a campaign book for the Star Trek uh, RPG from from Modifius. Uh She's worked on Seven C. Um, she's just yeah if you've played that's an rpg in the uh in, in the industry it's she's more than likely worked on it I, I think she even at one point worked for wizards of the coast too um and then my the other one that uh ends on the same day which is kind of out of left field it's not something that i usually back on kickstarter it's called transformers 1986 rob have you seen this yet on kickstarter Rob's uh, Rob's on mute. Uh, Jason, have you seen uh, Transformers 1986? Sorry, I have not. I saw it briefly. Okay, so Transformers 1986 is a studio album put out by a Transformers cosplay rock band. Oh, this is the... Yes, yes, I have seen this. Cybertronic Spree. They are amazing. Um... They, I, I, I'm, I subscribe to them on YouTube because I'm a total Transformers fanboy, and they do all the covers of the Transformers the movie um, titles. So all, all the, uh, all the soundtrack of the Transformers 1986 movie, they are covering and putting out a studio album of them just doing the the soundtrack. It amazes me that they perform in those those costumes right right like i guess it's similar to something like like guar performing in theirs but i mean they're dressed up in these pretty elaborate transformers costumes with with body makeup and it's insane and and the costumes are big like they're not like like they're bold they're like g1 chunky yeah (laughs) yeah so um yeah i'm really excited like i i as soon as i saw that uh, i could have it on cd because you know, I still have a CD player. Um, I'm just like, yeah, I, I got to back and and uh, support these these folks. And suppose they've got most of it recorded. They 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 plan to release the uh, album and send it to backers uh, in August, which is fairly quick. So that is uh, pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. So I think they've done a lot of their legwork ahead of time. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm really uh, I was really excited to see that pop up on on Kickstarter, and it funded like crazy like i i don't even think they expected to uh, what what is that right now let's just see what they've got $88,000 on kickstarter wow uh and jason they're from canada too of course they are they're doing something spectacular <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah uh they had a goal of like $11,000 and they're at 88 right now that's ridiculous that's ridiculous that's crazy yeah um yeah i'll leave uh we'll, we'll talk about the rest of them that uh, that i've back that i'm backing on kickstarter next week but uh, those are the ones that i that end in like a couple couple weeks and that uh, i'm really excited about uh, just seeing their success on kickstarter uh but yeah yeah and then i could go on there's a list uh, i've got you know probably 50 yeah. uh 50 kickstarters that i can tell you that are outstanding but uh i'm excited to receive here shortly so anyway i think that's probably gonna do it for the chaotic good cast for this week i want to thank jason and rob for coming on 
Thank you for giving oh, me yeah. part of your night to a chat about all sorts of geeky stuff. And next week we got to talk tacos. Oh yeah, week. yeah, we get, we do have to talk tacos. Absolutely, we should uh, we should we should have a segment called Talk About Tacos. That's right. Anyway, folks, I'm going to tell you if you like this uh, if you like this podcast, make sure to give us five stars on whatever platform you're listening to. Go uh, check out Jason. Jason, where can folks find you uh, if they want to know more about the Geek of the North, Jason Hunt? Um, easiest place to find me is on Twitter at Hexeter. Um, I'm on Facebook as well. Uh, it's Jason Hunt. It's my own personal page. Don't really post a lot there, but yeah, if you really want to get a hold of me, just drop by the Discord server. Honestly, I'm around there all the time. You're, you'll be in the Pokemon uh, channel. Uh, well, you know, not all the time. I was homesick today from work, so oh. I kind of i kind of went a whole hog on it but <laughs> yeah <laughs> nice rob where can folks find out uh, more about uh, about rob in a pawns perspective uh just pawnsperspective.com and if you're on social media pretty much anywhere just search for pawns perspective you'll find me nice nice and of course, uh, if you want more about uh, Victory Condition Gaming, you can go check us out on Facebook and uh, YouTube, and you can like and subscribe all all over on there wherever wherever you want to. But that's gonna do it for this episode of the Chaotic Good Cast. It was chaotic, but it was so good. We'll uh, see you next week. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Later. <laughs>